0: Welcome to Fat Camp Show number 37. Fatbike.com presents Fat Camp, a more or less monthly podcast covering different technical aspects of fat and plus bikes. Look for all our shows at fat-bike.com/radio or subscribe to our feed on iTunes.
1: I really love you fatty 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 I really want you fatty fatty fatty
2: fatty Good morning, good day, good evening, folks, and welcome to Fat Camp Podcast number 37 here in the heart of winter. Kind uh, of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I told you, you were going to go under the red. You're louder now. Oh, really? Yep, sorry. We um, were we were trying to tune in Andy's mic, and I was telling was, him, nope, this isn't Andy. This is a normal a It was a cackle laugh. That's yeah, all it was. Yeah, the cackle laugh, man. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, yeah, the Fat Camp, uh, podcast number 37. Who'd have known? Who'd have thunk? Who'd have wondered? Um, we've got an agenda, like we usually do. Yep. And um, we're going to probably stick right to that agenda, and it'll be a nice half hour morning commute for you. You know what? Oh, exactly. We like to keep it short, right? Short and concise. Exactly. Um, by the way, we appreciate everyone getting a hold of us. Uh, evidently, 37 was quite the hit. Um, <laughs> we've got some emails. If you want to email us, e- blah, 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 blah. if you want to email us, uh, that's a fat camp podcasters. Plural. That's plural, of course, at gmail.com. Um, and then you can also check us out on the Instagram at Fat Camp Podcast, or I think it is plural on the Instagram too. I believe so. Yeah. Someone who the hell took Fat Camp Podcast in front of us? What the <laughs> heck? I gotta check Squatting that out. Squatting on our name, Jeez, man. Jeez, oh, You know, I know. I need to search that. Um, but let's talk about what's going on here. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so what have you it. been
0: up to, Andy? I've been
2: riding my bike. Excellent. Um, I have been, um. I'm I'm testing. I, actually, I am testing because probably the the product spotlight. has already been out. Um, the uh, RSD version four of the mayor. Yep. It comes with wide handlebars. Let me tell you that.
0: <laughs> okay. Mister Broken Finger.
2: Yeah. Um. As as um, diagnosed by our friend Dan. Dan's in the house tonight. Say hi, Dan. Hello. All right. That's all. Little Dan. Out of him. He's he's actually being a stud boy right now and inserting studs into the narwhal. Um. Yep, we're putting him to work. He diagnosed me as uh, the tip of my pinky is broken. So, anyway, um, riding my bike, praying, hoping, thinking for snow. <laughs> snow dance, man. Yeah, it's yeah, we've we've had
0: a a really really light snow year.
2: Like super light.
0: Yeah, I think ridiculous. I I looked the other day at our county road commission publishes stats. Right, and like uh we had 32 inches of snow so far this winter yeah and it. last year we had like i think it was 117 yeah we had over 100 by now Same. yeah yep. so our winters kind of sucked yeah which is allowed for kind of crazy i mean conditions. i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say that at all because we've had really good snow riding it's just like you know the skiing's kind of sucked we haven't had any deep powder right. or very little deep powder riding yeah well um, no, the riding has been good
2: it has. It's you know, been
0: actually been really good. It's like yeah. perpetual spring snow, and then you get, like, a deep winter day, and then it's like, you know, spring snow for a couple of weeks. Right. It's been fun. We've been we've been riding. We put on a
2: race, you know. That was fun. Um, well, we were going, this, to, we're going as, to as a recording. This. Yeah, exactly. We got this race coming up, but it, it'll be long gone by the time this is recorded. But that was, that that's uh, something on the horizon. Um I don't know. I've been, I'm testing this bike. That's what I'm doing.
0: Well, yeah, and say I've been riding a bunch. You've been um, doing crazy stuff. I don't know about crazy stuff, but I've been playing around with 27.5 wheels. I got a new wheel set. I got one of the, the head 27.5 fat bike setups. Oh, um, yeah. They're, I don't remember what they're, the, you know, the, the head uh, hubs and I think these are like, Either DT Revolutions or Supreme, whatever their equivalent is. Spoke. So a really nice light wheel set, but it's kind of been pissing me off. Yeah, what's going on with that? Because <laughs> so it's a head I, I don't, set. I don't want know? to go down too much of a rabbit hole, no, go, but no. I'm going to rant a little bit. Right. Um,
2: go into the weeds.
0: I like that. 27.5 Fat um, does not have their, sorry Chad, their shit together enough <laughs> when it comes to uh, bead diameter spec. And what, do you mean, what do you mean what do you mean so um, the heads run a little bit small so I think that's a that's a contributing factor and then the tire manufacturers there's a fair amount of variation in how big the diameter is of the bead of the tires so you know that that directly influences how easy it is to end up going tubeless oh so in the case of these head wheels, what I've found is the head wheels are a little on the small side. Okay. Terrain tires are a little on the big side. I word on the street, haven't tried it. Um, Maxxis tires also a little on the big side. Okay. Uh, Bond tragger is on the smaller side. Um, the forty-five North seems to be somewhere in between, closer to the Bond Bontrager than it is to the Terrain, based upon my experience. So you, how did you figure this out? You rolled the tire or something? Well, okay, so. Um, I have, I was trying to put the 4.5 inch by 20 like the 27.5 by 4.5 inch cake eaters on these head wheels. Okay, and I initially tried and could not even come close to getting them like set up tubeless without a tube first. Okay, so um, just too loose. Yeah, I- exactly. And yeah. I I followed all the instructions. Like head has got this like like kind of like poster sized. I think they call it the bam matic sheet or something like that, where they nice. kind of basically lead you <laughs> through how you're supposed to end up setting all this stuff up um, tubeless. And, like, if your tire's a little too loose, this is what you do, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, um, uh, out of the box, you know, tried using, like, they've got these little rubber band things that fill in one of the wells. Put those in there, nada. Tried two rubber bands, nada. Um, uh. Tried a different tire. I was just, I think it was more by happenstance than anything else. I was able to end up getting it to seat because these tires, like, if you flop them around, like, they will literally go like, like, like brand new tire, brand new rim. So, you know, nothing's worn out or uh-huh. not stretched. Um, the tire would literally, like, kind of like flop completely around the bead into the right place. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, normally, like, you know, you hear that, like the, you know, the super loud snap when the the tubeless goes. No. Okay. These things would like, just like sit down in the right spot. So I was like, oh my God, these things are super loose. But somehow I got one to end up going. Okay. Um, The other one I tried for a couple hours to try to figure out different ways to get it to go. So then I started building up the rim bed and I did uh, two wraps of thinner, like stands tape right in the bead area to try to increase the the diameter still didn't end up working um and, and this is me even like doing things like putting it in a tube to try to end up getting the, the beads to seat then i take the tube out like it, it was so loose even after the two wraps of stands on both sides the bead would come undone from both sides no matter what i did i tried even after jacking the tube in there yeah tube in there i get them both to quote unquote seat and then like just you you let air out and it's like no matter what i tried and i think I, i did it three times i still couldn't even get like one side to stay locked in oh wow so then i ended up going a full wrap double okay of that and that worked for a few rides until the bead stretched and then the tire ended up uh Ba- it, it, I wouldn't describe it as burping. It's like, I think what it did was, it, I think I braked too hard or something like that, and it spun on the rim oh. because I had sealant like consistently the entire way around it.
1: Oh. So that
0: was one wheel. That was the one that I had fully taped up. Okay. And then the next ride I ended up doing, the other one that just happened to like pop into place and stuff like that, that ended up spinning on an uphill uh, oh, okay. going up to Randier Hill. One. Yeah. Yeah. That It spun actually on the rim. And, uh, um you know it came undone that way so that's really kind of annoying
2: yeah that's something that um
0: qc will take care of you think i think it's going to settle out i don't know necessarily how but um i really hope 275 or yeah yeah 275 um fat tire manufacturers get more consistent with their beads, you know and in you're there was kind of a period that was similar in mountain bike, traditional mountain bike tire period where they kind of went through that. Mm-hmm. Um fat tightened up a lot, but you know, initially everything wasn't tubeless and then it kind of had a period there was this, this liminal thing where they weren't quite unquote tubeless rated mm-hmm. and then they were it's like we're kind of seeing the same growing pains but they have a tubeless label on everything and it's not tubeless ready. We
2: can by the way, we can call them 27
0: Yes, I agree. Okay. I like twenty-seven. Well, I
2: think we should just call them twenty-seven. Um, we are so going, I'm sorry. Okay, I
0: was, yeah. It was me, gritching about tires. No, that's that's what's, so, that's what's been going know, on in your
2: life. You know, for the last well, you know, three but or four weeks. I've been
0: riding a bunch. Um, yeah, kind of getting in shape for Arizona Trail right. and trying to do some longer rides and stuff like that. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. But I've been playing with tires. But I also learned that I freaking hate tubes. Really? Oh my god do tubes suck dan you hate tubes okay so he he's a he's not a tube fan as well okay uh no tubes are horrible i i, I haven't ridden tubes for a couple of years yeah and it literally like i mean it's like having your tire pressure wrong or any of these other kind of things where it's like all of a sudden you know you can you can go on like the group ride where everybody's kind of evenly matched you know doing just fine to getting your like ass handed to you yeah and it's just a freaking <laughs> tube get your ass handed to you no i mean that's anything? that's yeah. i mean that's a big difference
2: and i sh- you know if why, it, why what you have mentioned before and mind you this is a podcast about technical aspects of fat and plus bikes where ken knows way more than i do and so i play the role of dirt, dirt, dirt. why do tubes create more rolling resistance It's because of the friction
0: between the tube and the tire. I thought the tube would just be smashed up against the tire. Uh, Yes and no. I mean, I I don't know the exact physics of this. However.
2: Just make it up.
0: Well, no, but it's okay. So just kind of supposing some of this things. Okay. um, What they found is the thinner the tube you know, the lower, the rolling resistance. Okay. So you can also lower the rolling resistance, if I remember right, by putting like telecom powder and stuff in between the two. So the, the interface between the two will, they'll slip a little bit more. Okay. But like, um, one of the things I've noticed a bunch lately is like, I'm using kind of undersized tubes because they're a lot lighter. Because it's like if I use, I mean, there's literally like a 12 ounce difference between two of the different tubes D-O-O-B's
2: I have. The is weigh a shit ton.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so... I'm using an undersized tube, so it takes a fair amount of pressure until it's big enough diameter to actually, like, contact the rubber in all spots. Okay. So, you know, just, like, the the actual pressure within the tube is, let's say, you know, I'm running it at, I don't know, 6 PSI or something like that. But the, the, the pressure that the tube presses on the tire casing is considerably lower because you actually have got a stretching motion of the the tube so like as that tire flexes and stuff like that let's say there's only like two psi or three psi between the tube and the tire casing so those two things can kind of shear against each other and you know how like grippy rubber is yeah. and stuff like yeah. that or just maybe not even shear, maybe not, you know it's just it's just enough that you know the two materials kind of deform and you know you you get this frictional barrier and it's like it just you know heats up Oh, stud boy just stud ended up tossing a stud around. Stud. Um, is that
2: dependent upon the toroidal shape of the tire?
0: I, yes, it is. There's, yeah, it's it's dependent on a lot of stuff. I got gotcha. you. So I, I once again, I'm kind of going off into the weeds. Yeah. I think no, but the value of tubeless This is all because you said this is going to be our shortest podcast. Right, ever. shortest
2: podcast ever. We haven't even gotten into the yeah. itemized list yet.
0: So you know, so that's another thing. And I, I this, I feel like this is me like the gritching podcast. No. But <laughs> um, no, uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you yeah, know, 27,
2: no, so, twenty-seven needs to work.
1: No, 7, yeah, you know, so, I, I've been riding a lot doing and that. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've been
3: clocking
0: a lot of miles. And they're not going to make
2: angle sets anymore.
1: Arrgh. Yeah, geez. get off my
3: lawn, kids. All right,
2: let's take a quick break. we refill to and we'll be right decide. back, folks.
1: I really love you, fatty, I really want you fight party, 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 party. I love to when you drop off the baggage. I love the when the you your body. I
2: love the when you drop off the baggage. I love the when you Welcome back, fat campers! Glad that you could uh, stick with us through that little break there. Um, we are going to get to our itemized list now. Yes, we have a list since we inter- introduced this show here. Um, a question came up from our friend Dan. Dan, you still there? Yeah, oh yeah. All right, Dan's still here? Sweet. All right, I like the enthusiasm. Uh, TPI. Oh. Uh, is it worth is is the cheaper tire that's a lower TPI worth the worth saving the bucks for definitely not no okay, no, 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 okay, no 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 okay so
0: let's give a quick view of tpi okay so tpi stands for threads per inch okay so it's just like the sheets on your bed if you are into that bourgeois Ooh. kind of stuff so yes so what, yes. So what, what it is good, is it's i understand now it, it basically like what they do is like they measure how many threads you can put side by side over an inch area okay so what you'll commonly see is like 60 tpi or 120 tpi and okay. technically there's there's some variation on this but technically 120 tpi tire should end up having uh, a a lot of times it's cotton sometimes it's gonna be nylon but whatever the thread material is um actually i, should, I shouldn't i shouldn't say that um for fat bike tires is almost always going to be like a nylon okay and what they what they do is they kind of have this this weave that is like 120 threads over an inch long area all right um and what they do is they they will put multiple plies of these so you have um so i mean literally all these threads are like parallel to each other so then what they'll do is they'll put a second ply and they'll put it at 90 degrees to that okay you know, if you, if you think about all these threads just being, like, right next to each other, that's going to be strong in, like, one direction. But you put it, like, in a different direction, and, you know, all of them are just going to pull apart from each other, no problem. Right. You have to go 90 degrees. So, that's why they put them at, like, these 90-degree angles, or they might do them at different angles than that. It's like, and I think a lot of times they'll end up doing two plies, three plies. I think it's three plies is normal. Um, and then sometimes they'll do more plies on the sides and blah, 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 blah. But... um. I guess also the other asterisk all this stuff is that sometimes a manufacturer, like let's say, I I think it's three-plies, but let's say it's two-plies. They'll use two 60 TPI layers and call it 120 TPI. So there's some games they play with the thread count. However, this okay. is all minutia. This is all stuff that doesn't of course, make that... I mean, it makes a difference, but it doesn't make that big a difference. Okay, You know, the the biggie is when a manufacturer offers, let's say, a 60 TPI version versus 120 TPI version, always go for the 120 TPI version. And the reason why is because it's going to have more threads per inch. And what happens with that is with the casing, you've got all these threads kind of parallel to each other. And then what they do is they, they kind of like coat that whole thing. They, 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 you know, kind of impregnate it or whatever you want to call it with a rubber material. And if there are a bunch of little threads, those individual plies are very thin. They're very flexible. Um, but they're also still very strong because you've got 120 threads in there uh, in that one direction. Um, Whereas with a 60 TPI, everything's a whole lot fatter. It's a lot stiffer. It's um, uh, just not going to feel as good. It's not going to be as supple. And the suppleness of a tire is a very, 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 very key component to how fast that thing is going to roll, like what the rolling resistance is going to be, how good your traction is going to be. Because if your tire can conform to the irregularities of the trail surface you know it's like kind of getting into all those nooks and crannies and stuff like that it's going to end up having way better traction on top of uh rolling better so you know i mean if if you can only like if you couldn't afford tires <laughs> had you know or like let's say you, you like studded tires like there's no way you can afford them except for the 60 tpi then go for the 60 tpi because the studding makes a big difference but yeah. In general like if you're shopping for tires, don't mess around with the low TPI fat bike tires. Um it's it's a really good way to make your bike ride like crap. Okay. They're just they're going to be really slow, they're going to be really heavy. They're you just all these bad characteristics that are going to extend you know sort of extenuate the the negative aspects of fat bikes.
2: I, I do like my tires fat but I don't like them stiff.
1: Uh,
2: yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just so just so you know. Um no stiffies for right. Andy. Okay. So, there's you got your lesson on TPI there, Dan. Um, now, what about studying a tire? Worth it? A pain in the butt?
0: I don't think it's that bad. Okay. But I'm starting to get opinions yeah. about studying tools. Studying tools. I, I, I've not done a big study of this, but the Bond Tracker tool, I really like. Okay. And one of the key features is yeah. that it is magnetic so it actually holds the stud in the tool gotcha i i was spoiled because Bontrager sent me their studding tool and a bunch of studs along with um some tires and i just started doing it i'm like oh okay no big deal and then um i was talking to somebody else and they're like okay i've got this unstudded tire i want to stud it i'm like oh it's easy no problem and um Ended up ordering up some parts for him and stuff, and got the forty-five North tool, not magnetic. Oh, okay. I did not like the ergonomics of that forty-five North tool. Okay. Right. So, um, I don't know what other brands are like, but the Bontrager one. So don't be intimidated big, by yeah big pimpin'. studying the tire. It's, it's no, a, no, it's approachable. And, yeah, and it's yeah. I mean basically sit down with a couple beers and you know yeah. like an hour or two later you'll have a pair done. It's not. It's not going to end up being the easiest job in the world. But yeah,
2: right now, we're sit, as we sit in this room, uh, our friend Dan is is uh, studying a tire. Yep. And um, you're. Are you enjoying studying this tire? Yeah, it's not too bad. Oh, cool. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Good. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So um, I'm putting him to work. My computer just died, so let's take oh. a quick break. Uh, this is a quick one, and then we'll be um, we'll be right back with the rest. Of
1: the <laughs> Okay, so we're
2: back from that break. My computer has some juice now, so I can look at the agenda. Um, we're gonna have a live studying um, update. Review. Update? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we've
0: got we've got active studying like action going on here. With we, but we switched tools. Correct. All right, we're changing the variable. Yeah, scientific okay. method in action right now.
2: Nice, same studs, different tool. Okay. Um,
0: and what's 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 the verdict so far? We we're only put in maybe a dozen, ten. What do you
2: think so far?
3: Uh, Forty-five north. I I haven't dropped one yet without the magnet and going in pretty easy. What What were your thoughts on the magnet of the other tool? I didn't even know it was there, and I haven't noticed a lack of Ooh, a magnet. Yet. Okay. All north, right. So. All right. Okay. So maybe the magnet
0: isn't
2: all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. All right. So, um, news to me, not news to Ken, obviously. Um, uh, Most people know if they listen to their friends of the podcast. uh, Yearly, um, we turn our angles, our headset around. Yeah, yeah. So, more background. Okay. So,
0: Andy and I both end up having, um, quiring bikes. Yep. And when quiring ended up building our bikes for us, he ended up putting a bigger. Head tube on the frame so that we can put what uh, a Cane Creek angle set in there, and that makes it so you can change the head tube angle of your bike. So, you you know, both of us have got bikes that we end up using for all four seasons, Mm -hmm. and we've got at least two different wheel sets. So, we'll run like 29 plus during the summer, and then we'll run fat during the winter and use the same frame. But if you steepen up the angles, for summer riding, it works better on our trails and yes. then Flickability. You, Yeah, you slack it out and make it a little slower handling and more chilled out. wow. Um, uh, for the winter, it works a little better. Yeah. So it makes you, you basically run one frame and get four season use out of it and have it be pretty much optimized.
2: Right. Which so, we talked about before. But anyway, the key
0: piece to that is the headset that you can get. It's it's off center. Um it's it's a really cool design. Um but cane creek is no longer making the angle set. So why? I my guess is the demand wasn't there. Huh. Which just surprises me because I thought downhill folks used some those. Okay. some but the, the the problem is that there's a lot of production frames that it's not compatible with. Okay. Um so you know there this this kind of gets back to bike standards how bike standards suck. Um there's a million different uh sort of like bearing sizes and headset sizes, you know, like kind of press fit diameter things. Um and I don't remember how many Cane Creek made. It was at least three or four different ones per top and per bottom. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, so they 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 had a lot of different parts that went into this and they sure. weren't probably selling a whole lot. And then there's just a ton of bikes out there that even with how many they were making you you know they wouldn't fit gotcha. so you know and then and then on top of it you know like with the kind that we've got you've got um three different cups you've got a zero offset um you got half one and one and a half right yeah Actually, I guess with the angle set, you don't have a zero. You've got the the half, half one, one and one and a half. half, and that's plus or minus. Right. So you've got on the the biggest one, you've got a three degree three degrees, switch. Yeah, if you flip it around, or right. you've got a two degree switch, or you got a one degree switch. Right. Um, so I was just really bummed. There's there's yeah. FSA supposedly still makes one. I haven't checked to end up seeing that. There's a uh, a British company called Works. They make them right. Um, so there there are still a couple companies. Making angle sets, supposedly. Okay. But, I mean, I literally, as soon as I found out, I'm, like, scouring the internet trying to find how to get an angle set, and I can't find any.
2: Ugh. Yeah, oh that sucks. Okay.
0: So, they, Boo, by boo the way, Cane Creek, man. My experience with them, they've been flawless. Yeah. Um, I hear people complain about them creaking and all this other kind of stuff. Mine have been flawless, and I have used the crap out of them. Along with?
2: It, half a dozen other people that live locally around here. Yeah, 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 yep. Um, so sorry. Yeah,
0: more more negativity. All
2: right. So So, um, what what's this new appreciation of four inch tires that you have written down here?
0: Oh, I I've actually really
2: because. A year ago, when we were 120 uh, inches in the snow, four-inch tires
0: were just like, why
2: do they even make them anymore? It's exactly. so stupid. it's like a racer boy thing. It's like if you like, lived
0: in Lexington, Kentucky, totally, blah, blah, blah. totally. But no, this year, I mean, it's like the the snow line has moved up to our area. So right, right, You know, we've we've had very, very light snows. They've a lot of crusty snow. Yeah, that's that's a place where a four-inch tire is rad. It's like huh. if if the, if you've got a base somewhere under there. It's not just, like, bottomless snow. Yeah. A 4-inch tire is pretty awesome. Wow. I and never thought I'd hear you say that. No. It, it, and, and there's situations, like, when you get really crusty snow, a 4-inch tire is super, super cool because you're basically flattening a, a narrower amount. And it, it is, it's really it's, – it's significantly noticeable. I mean, you know. So, in the right conditions. Yeah, yeah. A 4-inch tire is
2: superior to – the-
0: Without a doubt. And okay. there there's times that it's superior from a traction standpoint. It's definitely superior. Like it can be like way superior when it comes to a um rolling resistance standpoint. But I mean there's other times that, you know, um, you know, a four eight whatever tire can end up being lower rolling resistance because you're you're not like totally crunching down into the snow. Yeah. So it just if you can read your conditions and pick it out right, yeah four inch tire is like really awesome it's like it's previously what i sort of thought was like okay if i could have two tire setups i could be happy i'd have like a deep powder setup and then i have kind of like a 4.5 4.6 inch tire with studs on it sure that it would be my all-rounder right i can now see a case being made for a third tire in there with it's it's basically this Van Helga. I, I absolutely love the Van Helga. Okay. The the 275 by uh four inch or three a whatever the heck it is, uh Van Helga is an amazing tire. Um gotcha. really good traction, just really good handling characteristics. And then, you know, it's this whole kind of like little bit skinnier tire, four inch tire type of thing. Um it it does really, really, really well. And it seems to have just this gigantic sweet spot. Um, which is really appreciated, you know. It's like it, like it's it's actually got pretty decent float. Where there's been some deeper snow conditions, where you know I was still able to hang with you know Dillinger fives and you know uh, the Terrain uh, Wazias and sure you know stuff like that, no problem.
2: Yeah. Hey Dan, you need another set of tires by the way. According to, now you need a you need a deep powder snow, snow tire, you need an ice snow tire all around her, and you need a four inch tire. So. You know, put that into your quiver there, okay?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, he says. All right. Uh, we'll Yeah, well, the tires. Yeah, and, and I, th- I'm going to kind of, like, foreshadow a little bit because I think we were talking about sweet spots potentially yeah. for tires. Let's blend them all together. Well, I guess what I'm talking about, like, if you had three tires, like three tire setups, yeah. you know, with the sweet spots, which we'll define later on. In this, so th- this comment will make sense and actually sound smart Which later. it cost you over a yeah. thousand dollars for. Th- yeah, oh, three it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm just being stupid, but it's okay. If you if you wanted tires that were like you had like you were like at ninety nine, ninety eight percent of the maximum performance you can possibly have for a bicycle setup in okay. such and such conditions. Yeah, three tires if you pick the right ones, I bet you, you could probably span it. Okay, that's kind of. I got you. Yeah. No, I. You no, know, and you. so it's like I mean you would have like race ready, just like. Ready to go kick, get, you know, people's butts, you know, right. like total uber dork. Sure. You would, you'd give nothing up. Okay. Um, I, I don't know where to go with this,
2: but we wanted to talk about how you test a snow, t- how you test a fat bike tire.
0: Yeah. You know, so and, I'm going to, in very general terms, provide some context, which is kind of the latest reason why I've thought about this. You know, I thought about this a lot over the years because. I test a lot of tires, so I, I want I, to the, – the placebo effect is very real. Okay. And there's some big variation in, you know, how you feel and, like, okay, you might be on, a, like, a super good day, like, and you're riding with your buddies and you're kicking all their butts, and you're like, oh, man, my gear must be really fast. You know, it's like there's, there's a lot of different things that can kind of trick you into thinking that something feels good when it really quantitatively does not. Right. So, you know, tire testing is something that I've given a lot of thought over the years. But most recently, yeah, we've been working with a tire manufacturer. They asked for some recommendations, yeah, some stuff. Went. Okay, all right, gotcha. And uh, we got some prototype tires to test yeah. out. And we have prototypes. <laughs> um, and uh, we were sent the the tires, and then basically like a comparator. Yeah. So, you know, it's like another tire that has similar construction and a lot of other kind of characteristics like that. So, basically, trying to keep all the variables the same as much as possible. And then there's kind of been some conversations with one of the engineers at that manufacturer about, okay, what is the the testing protocol? What what are, like, testing conditions so that you can determine how these two tires compare? Sure. And – as a lot of us know, snow is a really difficult substance because it's so ever-changing. You never go on two rides where it's the same. You go ride it. You like let's say you go ride a five-mile loop and then you start that five-mile loop again. The act of having ridden it five miles ago changed your snow. Sure. You know, it, it's it's not the same loop. Right. So, you know, it's kind of this question of oh, okay, how do you really compare to? tires you know like how do you how do you how do you assess the tire how well does it work what what's going on with it
2: yeah how do you
0: i've got a lot of thoughts so how, how what and i don't want to like I, spoil your it's, mind it's, what, well what you it's just a that's that's the thing is that in the summer
2: testing tires is kind of like okay i'm gonna go do this and then i'm gonna, I'm gonna do it again it's gonna be exactly the same it, exactly but you're right no two rides are the same you need a different pressure. You might need a different tire. Um, you might need to ride in a different spot of the trail.
0: It, it, well, and it, it's like over the course of the day, the temperatures change. Yeah. So and your snow so changes. the snow is different from the, the beginning of the ride. changes. Right. <laughs> Even the,
2: from the beginning of ride A to the end of ride A, you're going to be like, oh, I went through three different types of conditions. Yeah, you,
0: you go through a spectrum. So
2: I don't, I don't know because certain tires, you know, f- to me, feel like they roll really well and then certain tires to me feel like
0: they don't roll very well Well, but it wasn't it was a different day statistically i mean i mean what you're talking is basically you know the law of large numbers or whatever you know it's like you get a big enough sample set and you kind of start to build these generalities because you get you know you build up this this bank of experience Mm -hmm. so i mean i guess the question is when you're testing a tire you only have them for one season how do you build up that bank of experience Best and you know, and, and kind of bringing this back to the you know, the, this engineer in this company and trying to test these mm-hmm. tires, you know, it's like he literally wants to like fly up here, do a test session, collect some data, and then fly back to the big cities that he's from and have an assessment of this tire. And, and I, I I don't want to try to make it sound like you know this is the only assessment that this manufacturer is going to end up using, but it's just it's been kind of interesting to see because they have a, ta- a tire testing protocol, right? You know they, they have an internal protocol on how they go about testing tires, and it just it doesn't seem they like don't have fat one for, bikes
2: fit. They don't have one for winter,
0: no. They no, don't. it's a paradigm shift yeah. in how you size tires. I'll be, it, dam- it like I'll be damned
2: be. if it's seven degrees outside in the parking lot, and I'm going to switch my tires and go and go through that rigmarole. Plus, it's going to be on with tubes, you know. Or,
0: well, and, it, and, it and like in the tube, idealized situation, you'd have two bikes, and they'd both be set up the same, you know. It's like they'd be exact the same pressure, and one would have one tire, and the other would have the other tire, and they'd be on the same rims, and you you would control all the variables, and you would just like step off of one bike and step onto the other bike, right? You know, so but you, life doesn't work that way, right? So, I mean... I, I don't know. What do you got? I don't, the thing... I would say probably one of the biggest things that um, I use when evaluating tires is riding with people that I have just years and years and hundreds of rides uh, of experience with. Yeah. on, You know, and it's like... And then kind of just kind of going through and, you know, you, you have, you know what their technical skills are like, you know what their fitness is like, you've been riding with them frequently. So you kind of like, you know, know where they're at in their fitness cycle and some things like that. Um, you, and you've kind of learned their nuances as a rider so that it gives you a, a little bit more information about that aspect versus, you know, it's like, they're just, you know, they're on a good day or whatever. Sure. Um, And then, you know, you can kind of, like, feel up tires. You know, you can feel them on the ride. Oh, okay, they're a little bit higher pressure. They're a little lower pressure. Okay. You can uh, then compare, in these spots, this tire does this. In these spots, this tire does this. And it seems like it really accelerates that learning curve, for me. Because you both are on the same conditions during the ride.
2: Exactly. You know. Well, and
0: yes and no. I mean, the person in front has different conditions than the person behind them. Right, right,
2: right, right. Or the person five
0: people down the line or whatever if you're riding yeah. in a group but at the same time you can still i mean you can kind of then then you're, you've kind of got down to one characteristic you got to assess okay this is what the difference is between being front in the line and being behind and if you're dealing with a groom trail it typically you know there there might not be that big a difference if you just bop over five inches sure you know what i mean you can get the same exact conditions so there, there's a lot of stuff that way that you can assess and i don't you know good Gomez is like emailed me about like power meters and all this other kind of stuff. And the only thing I can think of is like you know, the, the, the traditional way to test tires is a roll down test. Okay. And what you do is like, you know, this would be on a gravel road okay. or, you know, like, a, you know, traditional paved road. And what you do is you go up to the top of the hill and you have some way to kind of control your entry speed. A lot of times you start from zero because you're on a hill mm-hmm. and then you, hold your body position totally the same. So your aerodynamic drag would end up being the same. And you then see either how far you roll before you come to a stop or how far you roll until you hit some sort of threshold speed, like five miles an hour. And then you're like, Oh, okay, this is, this is my okay. end point. The, the only way I can see that working would be if you were on a cross country ski trail, like a skate ski trail, yep. that's like, you know, I don't know, 10 feet wide and you do a run down, you know, this side of the trail, then you do the rundown,
2: you know, yeah, the quarter yeah, point, yeah, and then yeah. you do the half point, and you know, you know, well, like that. Uh,
0: that. That That's a good way to – that would seem like a good scientific way to do it. That's – and that's one of the things that I've wanted to try. But even with that, it's like – I mean, I just know from grooming, depending on where, like, you know, in the, in the case of, like, I'm thinking of the trail park – you know where the where the snowmobile goes, you'll get these like veins of harder snow. Oh, you know what I mean. So it's like even your so even within that wide slot, you're going to have variability. So I mean, it's like I don't know. I just it's one of those things where I've 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 tried to figure out a way to definitively test tires. I've never come up with anything better than. Going out and riding with my friends. <laughs> yeah. On the local trails that I know yeah. when they're in primo condition. Right. And okay. really kinda of seeing how things settle out. Well, I think if anyone's listening to this
2: and they have a better idea, I would certainly be open to it. Yeah. You yeah. I, I would email definitely email us interested. and let us know. How's that tool, Dan, that you just dropped? He said he got a thumbs up, that's all we got. He's a quiet <laughs> kind of guy. He doesn't like to talk in the mic very much. He's OP. He gets nervous. He thinks a lot of people listen to this thing. Um little does he know. So there's testing tires. It's still eh.
0: It, but you know it when you see it. Ooh, don't you? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want to be too big a
2: dork, but no. But I even mean, that's what uh, comes I've been switching here. bikes with uh, Sloan Peterson. <laughs> we did it the other day. Smashed, yeah, yeah. We both smashed our fingers, man. Yeah, I know. He was like all bloody <laughs> the other day. Yeah, um, and I noticed tire differences, even though they're different bikes and they're different setups and there's different positions, Yep. but we, we were switching and you can notice it. And I don't know if it's, you know, he's got carbon rims and I have aluminum rims on that bike and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's another good way. I think to test stuff out is to hey if you can swap with a buddy
0: i, I think that's an ideal way yeah, yeah. and it, i guess that was one of the things that i didn't necessarily mention it's like if you can go out and ride with somebody whose bike is set up position wise pretty similar to yours and you can swap back and forth yeah, that's yeah, yeah, huge
2: yeah yeah no it worked out we, we discovered that we're like oh we don't need to adjust saddle height this is good
0: yeah so yeah that's
2: really cool pedals were the same so um Ride with people that you know. Maybe that'll give you some a good idea about the um, rolling resistance, how the tire behaves, how it performs, blah blah blah. Or switch bikes. That's what we got. Yes, that's the science for us.
0: Yeah, and it, unfortunately, I wish. I mean, if somebody's got ideas of how we can quantify this better and make it so that it's actually a real scientific test, I'm all yours. We but.
2: also have the contest that's out there, and we have a prize. So if you are like, what? In uh, episode 36. <laughs> <laughs> Episode thirty uh fat camp thirty six. <laughs> there is a contest. You might need to go back and listen to that, but we still have the prize out there. What's that? Uh no, not no, dollars. No, no, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, hopefully no, that no, no, does no, no, not come through audio wise Evidently, What's Dan wants to all? give out ten dollars to the winner, but um, <laughs> we'll see. Jeez, oh Pete. <laughs> We're gonna take a real quick break. We'll be back to wrap this thing up.
1: I love the to the
2: all right, folks, we're back just for the last bit of this podcast of Fat Camp 37. Um, but Live you, update. Yeah, a live update. We've been studying the... T- we. Here we go. Stud boy. Yeah, exactly. Stud boy's been studying uh, the tire. Dan's been studying the, this uh, Bontrager Narwhal for us, and he's got some information that um, he wants to share with everybody about the tool. Is that right?
0: Yeah.
3: Breaking, yeah, news. Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah,
3: good. All right. I've been rocking two stutters tonight. Got <laughs> the Bond Traeger and I got the Forty Five North. Okay. And uh, I I prefer the the Forty Five North, Ken. I'm sorry to. to uh, say oh no, it to you, no, but, no, uh, no apologies the, the needed. Forty Five North. The magnetic thing is is great, but it hasn't. It's uh, a gimmick. It is. It doesn't matter to me. I just put the stud in there, picks it right up. I can hold it you know hold it with a stud with gravity it can fall out but it doesn't really put it right in the tire and and I don't know why I'm looking Sounds at both of them leverage let me <laughs> I'm looking at both of them and uh and they're they're very similar in design and and both work fine but the the 45 north was uh was by far better for my ergonomic hand and right. and it and it, and it, and it Sunk the stud better, in my opinion, straight from the source. So, yeah, stud I, boy I've says, got "One tire of experience, and yep. uh, I, I prefer the 45 North." All right, there we go. Scientific. So, what do we got next here, Ken? <laughs>
0: uh, we just ended up having a hostile takeover. So,
3: so stud design. What I, I hear we're talking there's a there's a there's a lot of things going on about how and where you need to put studs. What do <laughs> What do you think? What how is that going on? So. I have been doing
0: a study of studs. Okay, and um, part of the, the the thing that prompted this was, um, there was kind of a how do I, stud production was lagging last year. Oh,
3: yeah, there was an issue. Like if if you if people Too many that people tried wanted studs,
0: it, well, that, there was there was an element of that, and there was like innovation going on in the stud world, but the manufacturing techniques couldn't keep up with the innovation hmm. they were running into manufacturing issues supposedly so what so the wrath okay some people might be familiar with that it's a it's a, a what it was like a new tire for 45 north last year kind of a big splash and they not only just ended up having a new tire but they also ended up having a new stud design oh. and it was called the, the xl stud and Uh, For those of you that may or may not know about studs, like, there's they're they're typically T-shaped. And the whole base of that T is aluminum. And then what they do is they put on a carbide tip. And those carbide tips can be a lot of different sizes and shapes. Traditionally, the carbide tip is very small in diameter. It's smaller than the aluminum base. It's maybe, I don't know, maybe two millimeters across or something like that and what 45 north did <clears throat> excuse me previously is that it was concave so you had kind of like this outer rim and then the inner portion was dug out and then terine came out a couple years ago with another stud design which was basically the same but then they like kind of like cut it a couple different ways so there was like this triple point on it and when the Wazia was originally introduced, and I think that was what three years ago, two years ago. Um I have no idea. I think it was two years ago. Uh, <laughs> this is where Andy needs to jump in now. Um I think it was two years ago. Uh so it, it was this really, really, really sharp stud, and they said they could go with fewer of them. They they ended up going like 150 instead of like, I don't know, it was like 220 or something like that. I'm and I I could be hundred percent wrong on numbers, but the stud was a lot sharper so therefore it ended up working better and they said they could go with fewer of them so it was cheaper to end up making the tire it was lighter blah 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 blah, blah. but Terine somehow kind of got on the forefront of stud manufacturing and they've kind of gone all out since then and in the last year or so they've now started to make multiple types of studs and they're all this like triple point technology and they have their original one which was a little bit longer it was the same height as the original original 45 north stud um then they started making a lower profile one which is supposedly had lower rolling resistance um and now they've also got a third one which is um bigger in diameter and taller and I don't know what they necessarily call it, but that's kind of like their most aggressive one. Um, and that was to combat because what happened was 45 North originally came out probably four years, five years ago um, with their original stud. And like I said, you have this aluminum stud base. It's kind of T-shaped and cross-section. You've got this smaller carbide stud tip and the carbide is really durable. So it doesn't wear out like if you're riding it on the road. But what, what they did, getting all the way back to the Van Helga finally, um, uh, or excuse me, not Rath- the Van Helga, Child. Rathchild, Rathchild. Uh, my bad, uh, Rathchild. Um, when the Rathchild was originally designed, it was supposed to have this 45 North XL stud and it would have this very big cap, so the, the carbide portion of the stud would be as big a diameter as the lower aluminum portion. Mm-hmm. So it would be like four or five yeah. millimeters in diameter. Yes. And what the claim was is that it would have all this surface area, and it would be able to end up connecting up with stuff. So Tureen basically did an equivalent of that, but it's got points on it, so it's a little bit sharper.
3: So we got like a stud, uh, stud off.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. We got all this competition. <laughs>
3: There's a picture in the show notes. There's a picture in the show. Notes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I've, I've got a picture of all. Of them. And then then there's there's other stud designs. I mean, that's that's kind of those two companies have been squaring off hmm. as far as stud technology. Then you've got Bontrager, who is I don't it, it's kind of the flat top design. There aren't there's no shaping of the carbide just portion the of it. Bigger sizes. Yeah, it's basically just this kind of flat top metal thing that you can cram into the ice. um v tire has like a cone shape um which is lower and really fast rolling but doesn't bite in as well i can i can say that definitively compared to 45 marth yes yeah, the dog's dick yep yeah, um so we've got all these different stud designs i guess this is the long story short and then on top of it we've got grip studs and a couple other things like that that are out there
3: and the in the the decision is still out. You don't know what you like. Don't know. No, I How don't. you like it? I mean,
0: i I have. Ex- <laughs> you don't know how you like. It. <laughs> I have extensive time on the traditional forty five North V tire, and then both versions of like the medium sized and the small sized terrain.
3: Big difference? No, no,
0: no. They, they I guess that's the bottom line. It's like, oh. um, there. They, if you have a bad tire design, like a t- bad tread design, it really sucks. And a good one is really, really good. It, you know, it's like differences are almost exponential. Yeah. With studs, it seems like it's more linear, it's however you want to describe. That it. big of a difference. No, no, it, it's like the the V tire ones are the worst I've used. They make ice controllable, but you don't have good absolute grip. So you're gonna slide around a lot, but you're gonna be able to control what you're doing. Um, the low-profile tureens, same sort of thing. Um, a little bit grabbier, so it's like they it, it kind of like catch and slip a little bit more, but at the same time, you've got about the same type of actual grip. The uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I totally am splitting hairs. Because Andy just chimed him. in, but he doesn't have, have, have a mic. I'm no but it's like there there's a continuum of them and then so then you've got the like the the 45 north like traditional studs then you know that's kind of the next one and then you bump up to the mid-sized Tureen triple cutter which is like sound of the same height and dimensions and stuff like that that's got a lot more friction and then i'm assuming the xl and this triple cutter big thing from Terrain have even more still but i don't know
3: do you I, do you see is there a way you want the stud game or the tire game with that to go is there something you'd like to say? well
0: so my the, the innovation that i am proposing okay i think i think a tire manufacturing industry
3: right well <laughs> what are you proposing
0: wait so what i'm proposing is that i think that tire manufacturers should make way more stud pockets into tires than they do way more than you're probably going to use at any one given time so that people can customize the studding pattern they want to end up using for a front tire or a rear tire, uh, will they still be able to sipe the tires though? Well, that and that's I you guess lose that's that
2: performance, yeah, the, right. The, 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 yeah. And I
0: guess that's what I kind of wonder about. It's like, you know, a when it comes to the manufacturing difficulty of the stud pocket, how tough is it? Um, right. You know, so it's like, are you going to give up a lot that way? You know, b it's like, you know, do, do we already have studs on every single freaking knob? You know. Well, so and then just, B, you know, it's like, you know, how is it going to interfere with siping Yeah. What studs do you put in what,
3: what holes, too? You got different studs there. What you Maybe you put some smaller ones in the middle, bigger ones in the outside. It,
2: exactly. Customized studded tires. That's what we're right. talking about. Yeah. So, so it, just just as soon as the fat bike world starts to get all hoo hoo a little, what's like the Eeyore. <laughs> Eeyore. You know who Eeyore is. Um, then along comes 27, 27. And well, we start getting advancements in the studded tires. And yeah, and now we're talking about pockets and number
0: of pockets, and you should pocket everything. And you know, it's just it's it's an interesting aspect of tires that I don't right. think's been right fully exploited. Exactly. Anything else on
2: that uh, outline there, Dan?
3: I think that's I think that wraps it up for podcast number thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. You've been a, you've been
2: a great special guest for us. We appreciate
3: that. I love being here. Cozy. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Awesome, we man. really appreciate nope. your,
0: your uh, input and your tire studying indeed, ability.
3: Indeed. You, and folks, if you're lucky,
2: you might just hear Dan again when he studs the next tire for us. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a good stud boy. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the emails. Thanks for following us on the Instagram because um, it matters to us. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the emails. The, it, the yeah, emails yeah, do. Yeah, no, it does. It does. No, 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 no. We've no, 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 no. got a
0: lot of good emails.
2: Yeah, the emails are great. Yeah, and, and, it's the, like, and the action on the Instagram is always interesting too. You know.
0: Yeah, a lot of good questions. I'm really appreciative of people writing in.
2: Jeez, sorry about social media. Quit media being a dick, Andy.
0: Cool. All right, all right, all right. So, anyways,
2: uh, here's some uh, killer tunes just to take us out again, and we'll see you on number 38.
1: Yes.
0: Thank you for listening. The music we are using on today's show is the band Clancy Eccles and their song Fatty Fatty. You can find all our shows at FatHottyFinBike.com, including notes for today's show.
1: drop off your